Hello and welcome to episode 64 of the Atlanta Man Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Rogers, and on today's episode we have a lot to talk about. A um, bunch of different news items, some very positive for the Braves, some very negative for the Braves, um, some call-ups, a couple of them actually won, paying off huge dividends already, um, and a huge series win over the Mets. So, um We'll kind of start this uh, episode off in chronological order, I guess. I haven't recorded since uh, right after the first Mets series where the Braves got smoked and lost four out of five. But since then, the Braves have gone on a nine and one stretch, including taking three out of four from those same New York Mets. That was their most recent series um, that they just wrapped up. But in between then, they played the uh, Red Sox for two, Marlins for four, and Mets for four. They go nine and one in those games. They're now three and a half games back in the division. And uh, I'm going to quickly kind of go through the um, Boston-Miami series. Uh, they swept Boston in Fenway Park in the two-game set. They win the first game in extra innings, 11-inning game. They win 9-7. to Big hit from Austin Riley. Um, hit a home run in that game also. But the main, main most important thing that came out of this game was Orlando Arcia pulling his hamstring. Um, he hit the I.L. the very next day, and they uh, called up Vaughn Grissom out of uh, – you know, they have some options in AAA for middle infielders. They had, like, Combat Pat Valaika. They had um, Ryan Goins, who's actually with the team right now as a backup because Adrian's is on the IL. Uh, they also had some, some other options on there. No, no Braden Shoemake. He probably would have been the guy that got the call, honestly, but he had a suffered a knee injury, like, right around the same day as um, Arcia getting hurt. So they go straight to AA like they did with Michael Harris, and they call up Vaughn Grissom, who is a— top prospect for the team some places have a number one top consensus top three prospect in the Braves system he's a shortstop in the minors right now but he does not project to be a shortstop long term so they have him second and um, he is immediately um, came up and paid massive dividends in his first game in Boston he hit a uh, home run over the green monster for his first career hit uh, that's pretty cool stuff that that's a pretty rare thing to happen especially for a guy that doesn't play for the Red Sox a pretty special uh first homer but I just want to kind of go over Vaughn Grissom's numbers real quick of just how insane he's been since getting called up uh, currently Vaughn who is 21 years old also same age as Michael Harris is slashing 406 457 656 that's good for a one dot 113 OPS a 204 OPS plus granted this is 35 plate appearances over nine games it's a very small sample but he has absolutely crushed it since uh, getting called up been everything you could ask for and more. Um, had a had a big hit last night. Scored from first on a dribbler through the infield. He, so he's got some speed too to his games. Already stole a couple of bags, um, and he's just been off to a flying star. But like I said, hit the home run over the Green Monster in his first career game. First career hit was that. It was just a pretty awesome moment. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's kind of the whole Boston series. They won Game Two pretty um, pretty easily. Honestly, that was the game where Grissom homered and they kind of just cruised in that one. We'll move on to uh, the second series, a four-game set with the Marlins. Um, and the Braves were kind of in an interesting predicament in this series because Max Fried had to go on the IL for the concussion after he hit his head really hard in the Mets series, which was um, definitely a concerning moment. But it turned out he did have a concussion, had to go on the IL. He did come back and pitch last night against the Mets. He pitched quite well, actually. Um, but 
Yeah, they had a four-game set, and they had to go Odorizzi, Muller, Anderson, and Elder. So uh, for those counting, that's two rookies. Um, Ian Anderson, who's having an awful year and has, has gotten demoted to the minors, and uh, Jake Odorizzi, who was the worst start out of the four, and he's just been bad since he can trade to the Braves. So it's the Braves' five through eight starters, which is just kind of crazy to say. That's, that's the thing the Braves have, five through eight starters, and they go out and they sweep the Marlins. Um, the first game, they went 4-3. to three. Michael Harris had a huge home run in this game. He had another huge home run later in the series, but that put the Braves on top in this one um, to make it 4-2. to two. Um, and this was the Odorizzi game. He did not pitch very well at all. Um, it wasn't a disaster or anything, but he was four innings pitched, two earned runs. Um, he was pretty bad against the Mets, too, but we'll get into that later. Uh, so they take game one, and then uh, on Saturday, they had a two-game double header. Uh, they won game one five to two. This was the Muller game, and Kyle Muller, who has been uh, very good in AAA for the Braves this year, had a good start in this one. Five innings pitched, two earned runs, five strikeouts. Um, he's also pitching with a broken right hand. Um, that's not his throwing hand, obviously, but he is. Uh, he is, has it all wrapped up right now, and he had to go to Dick's Sporting Goods and buy a softball glove to catch with because it's the only glove that would fit over the wrap on his hand. So that was pretty interesting, kind of cool that he's been able to pitch through that. But he pitched well, um, gave the Braves a good effort. Five innings pitched, two under runs, five punchies. That's good stuff from the Muldozer. Uh, we'll move on to game three quickly here. Um, this was the Ian Anderson start, and Ian looked very good. Um, and I need to say this, the Marlins lineup is terrible. They're essentially a triple-A lineup. They have like one maybe real, real hitter in this lineup, Brian Anderson maybe. Um, they're without Jazz Chisholm, they're without Soler, they're without Avi Garcia. Yeah, they don't have much. But Ian looked good, the best he's looked pretty much in a while. Six innings pitched, two earned runs, four strikeouts. Um, he looked good, and um, it's the Marlins lineup, but he's, he still got sent down to AAA. I think he's starting tonight on Friday night, actually, his first AAA start. So hopefully he can, um, you know, find himself a little more there, and they can bring him back because – Odorizzi has not looked good, as I mentioned earlier, um, and they might need Ian to come back up because I think he might end up being a better option than Odorizzi in the long run. And I will move on to the final game, Game 4, and this was the most impressive start of the weekend. Bryce Elder, who hasn't pitched in the big leagues since, like, May, I believe, he comes out and absolutely shoves seven innings pitched, one earned run, ten punchies from Bryce Elder. Honestly, he, I was not very excited for him to start because he looked uh, pretty rough the last time we seen him in the bigs. He hasn't been su- supremely good in AAA, but he looked awesome. I mean, he had the strikeout stuff going. Granted, it is the Marlins, but he looked he looked really good. So his best big league start, seven innings pitched, one earned run. Very, very good stuff from Bryce Elder. So they sweep the Marlins, and uh, they head into the Mets series with uh, some good momentum, winning six straight, and they kept it going in game against the Mets. They win 13-1. to an absolute blowout fashion. Spencer Strider had a good start after uh, he had some things to say about the Mets and their uh, their luck in his last start. But uh, there was a rain delay, which kind of made things kind of funky. But Spencer still put up five innings pitched and one earned run. So a good start from him. Way to back up. You know, when you're talking the way he was, you got to back it up. And he sure did. He looked good. Um, but, yeah, there was a rain delay, like, after the second inning. And um, it was for, like, an hour or so. But then the Braves got back on the field. They were already up 3 to nothing when that happened. And then they end up posting 10 more runs. Uh, Darno homered, Contreras homered, Eddie Rosario homered. Ronald had three doubles in this game. Uh, I think so. Ronald had, yeah, he had three doubles in this game, which I believe was his career high. 
One of them was um, shouldn't have been a double, honestly. It was a drop, not even a drop fly ball, just a fly ball that Mark Canna lost in the lights. But he got a double for it. They all count the same, I guess. But the Braves absolutely they dominate game one and went thirteen to one, and they honestly dominated game two also. They went five to nothing. Charlie Morton, in my opinion, had his best start of the season in this game. Uh, goes six six point two innings pitched. Zero earned runs and 12 strikeouts against this Mets lineup. A really big start when the Braves needed it. Um, they were able to uh, get Tywin Walker out of the game early because he had some back spasms. Um, so they had Mets had to go for their with their bullpen, and they kind of went with their less guys to try to eat innings as they were already kind of down early. Um, but the Braves got out to a lead and really didn't relinquish it at all. Five nothing win. Um, Robbie Grossman hit his first homer as a Brave. Uh, he had another big one in Game Three that we'll get to. Uh, Matt Olson hit a ball that I've never seen hit this far up onto the chop house. He hit it onto the tin roof, which I have never seen anyone hit the ball up there. I know Jock Peterson got pretty close in the NLCS, but he didn't make it on top. Matt went up top. And, uh, yeah, those are the two big flies. And pretty much all the offense the Braves needed was one run because Charlie Morton was awesome in this game. Now we'll move on to the one game the Braves lost in this series. It was pretty a pretty frustrating game. Uh, 9-7 loss to the Mets. This was Max Scherzer versus Jake Odorizzi which is about as lopsided as it can get as a pitching matchup. Um, and it kind of lived up to that because Odorizzi was bad. Scherzer was good for most of the game, but the Braves were able to tag on some runs on him late. He actually ends up having a pretty rough line for Max Scherzer's standard. 6.1 innings pitched, four earned runs. As a Robbie Grossman knocked in some of the inherited base runners off of Adam Adovino. But Odorizzi was really bad in this game. And there was another rain delay in this one also. He looked better after the rain delay, but still his line goes as followed. Five innings pitched, five earned runs, gave up three homers, including um, back-to-back shots in the first inning. And this was the game of uh, questionable Snitker slash Walt White decisions. And Brian Snitker did get ejected from this game, um, but I'm still inclining to think that he was still making the decisions um, through the tunnel or something. That these that Brian Snitker was still probably managing and telling Walt Weiss what to do. But um, Odorizzi got sent, out by, sent back out for the sixth. He didn't retire a batter and give up another run, which uh, ended up hurting. And the most um, head-scratching decision of the game was uh, Jackson Stevens going on to pitch the ninth inning and him only getting one run, or one out rather, in a one-run game where the Braves were only down one and give up three earned runs after Robbie Grossman hit a three-run homer to get you back in the game to make it 6-5. to five. They completely punted this one away. Um, you know, you, you you hadn't used Kenley, Iglesias, Minter, or McHugh in this game. Kenley hadn't pitched since Sunday. Minter and Iglesias pitched the night before, but they didn't throw a lot of pitches, and McHugh hadn't pitched since Monday. So those guys were definitely fresh. I would have gone with Colin McHugh personally here in the ninth, um, but this is kind of a double-edged sword for the Braves as uh, not only did they give up three runs and make it a 9-5 to game, which kind of puts the game out of reach a little bit, uh, the Mets had Edwin Diaz pitch the eighth inning and had him planning on him pitching the ninth to uh, have the six-out save, and the Mets were able to keep him out of the game in the ninth inning, which at the time was a big deal. It didn't end up being a big deal because Diaz didn't get in game four, but it left uh, the door open for Diaz to be available in game four. So the Braves just completely botched that. It was very frustrating. Uh, the, the Braves did fight there on the bottom of the ninth. They got two runs. That guy, Von Grissom, drives in two runs to make it 9-7. to seven. And Ronald Acuna hit a ball in the gap pretty hard. It looked like it might have gotten down um, for a double with Grissom on first. Would have scored a run, and um, but it was ended up caught by Starling Marte. 
to end the game, but the Braves definitely put up some fight in the ninth inning as they lose game three, nine to seven, which takes us to game four last night. I was in attendance this game. It was uh, quite the pitching matchup on paper, Max Freed versus Jacob DeGrom, and it, uh, it lived up to the expectations, I would say. The Braves win three to two. DeGrom looked really good, but the Braves were able to tag three runs on him over 6.2 innings, which is a huge win anytime you face DeGrom to get that much, that many runs off of him. Um, Max Fried was awesome in his return, seven innings pitch, two earned runs, really only threw one bad pitch this entire game. Um, he gave up a two-run homer to Mark Canna, and that was all that he gave up. It was a hanging slider on a 3-2 count, and that was like really the only bad pitch he made um, all game. He was spectacular the rest of the way. Got out of some, got out of some jams, had the curveball working, had the fastball going up in the upper 90s, hitting 97. He was looking really good. But the uh, play of the game took place in the seventh inning. Um, Jacob DeGrom was still in the game, and uh, Vaughn Grissom comes up, gets an infield single on a ball that was just kind of knocked down by Brett Beatty um, at third base. Kept it on the infield, but Grissom would have been safe regardless on that play there. So a hit for him, and then Michael Harris comes up, hits a 90-mile-an-hour ground ball through the shift, and uh, it was a 3-2 count, two outs, so Grissom was running on con- or running on the pitch, and he ends up scoring from first base in a 90-mile-an-hour ground ball through the infield. Um, it was a really terrible throw by Brandon Nemo, who had an awful game, had three strikeouts also. Um, but, yeah, just a, a massive play. Put the Braves up 3-2 to two in the bottom of the seventh. The place was going nuts. It was great. It, it really had a playoff feel to this game with the two guys that were pitching and just the way this game fo- unfolded, 3-2 to two victory for the Braves. It just felt very playoffish for sure. Um, but, yeah, the Braves' bullpen locked it down. Mentor and Iglesias to carry the eighth. And uh, Kenley came in in the ninth took care of business he gave up a base runner but was able to work around that and got the save oh jesus that was a bad voice crack anyway um yeah kenley got the job done in the ninth his 28th save of the year and the braves take three out of four from the mets the huge three to two victory that puts them only three and a half games back of the division which is still a very manageable uh, margin still braves are still not favored by any means to win the division but it is definitely possible way more possible than it was about a week and a half ago so, yeah, that'll do it from all the games we have. Now it's time to get into uh, the news items that uh, took place this week with the Braves. Um, I guess I can ask, do you want the good news or the bad news? Uh, I'll start out with the good news, though. Uh, the Braves extended Michael Harris on Wednesday night, I believe, or Tuesday night. Yeah, it was Tuesday night when they did it. It's a eight-year, $72 million extension with two club options um, at the end that could make this deal worth up to 10 years, $107 million. Or 102 million, one of, the two, one of those two numbers. Yeah, it's a uh, 10102 is the max right here that he could get. Um, but his pay, his payments will go as followed. Um, next year and in 2024, he'll make five million dollars. In 2025 and 2026, he'll make eight million. 2027, he'll make nine million. 2028 and 2029, he'll make 10 million and 30 million and 30 and 2030. Jesus, I couldn't spit that out. He will make 12 million. And then the options are for 2031, which is a $15 million option with a $5 million buyout. And for 2032, it's a $20 million option with another $5 million buyout. Um, I'll just go ahead and say this. This is great value for the Braves and really good for Michael Harris, too. It's life-changing money. Um, He was in in AA in Pearl, Mississippi three months ago. And now he is locked into, at the very least, $77 million. That's the very least amount of money that he's going to make on this deal, which is pretty nuts um, but it's still a tremendous value for the Braves I mean the ma- the most he's going to be making is 12 million dollars in 2030 
if Harris just even stays a portion of what he's been so far through, then this is just absolutely tremendous value for Atlanta. Um, he's going to, he's going to probably make this money up just with his defense alone, let alone his bat has looked fantastic through his first 70 some odd games. Um, but yeah, this is just a great deal for the Braves overall. He's a guy that's from the area and it's just all kind of awesome for him too, that he's able to lock in with his hometown team for this long. And just another core piece, the Braves have locked up for years now, probably 10 years. Cause I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say 10 years from now, the Braves are going to pick up these options cause he's definitely going to be worth them. He's going to be still like around his prime, little, little like 31, 32, um, little after his age 30 season. So yeah, just great value for the Braves uh, in this one. There's not much more you can say. Alex Anthopoulos just continues to pull off these great deals. And you can definitely see why Harris took this deal because it's, it's good money for him. It locks him in no matter what, that he's going to be set for life. And, um, yeah, and he just has that security now, and he can just relax and play baseball now. Doesn't have to worry about playing year by year. Doesn't have to worry about going to arbitration. You know, all the same stuff we said about when Ronald Acuna signed his deal, Rozzy Albies, Austin Riley, all the, all those guys. It's like they're the same reasoning. You're locked in. You're comfortable. You're in a place you want to be. And um, yeah, just uh, open air concept with the Braves. They have no window, um, like some teams do. The World Series window is years and years ahead it's like a 10-year window because of all the guys that got locked up it's incredible so yeah um that's all i got on the harris contract i love it love michael harris that's my guy money mike congratulations so we'll move on to the um last thing i'll talk about on the show um this morning some news broke about one marcel ozuna he um prefaces by saying he did not play a single inning in the met series didn't get a single plate appearance in the met series um, he got benched after the Marlins series, and the Braves knew that this is a very important one that the Braves need to get. And Ozuna in the lineup just doesn't give you the best chance to win. So he hasn't played since Sunday, where he had a pretty bad strikeout on Sunday, actually. Um, but last night, or this early this morning, rather, he got arrested in Gwinnett County with uh, getting charged with a DUI. Um, some reports say that he was going 90 miles an hour in a 35-mile-an-hour zone. And he was un- obviously under the influence. He got arrested. Um, the reports are that he is out of jail now and that he has spoken with Anthopolis and Brian Snicker. And um, I, apparently he spoke to the media briefly. I haven't seen none of the uh, quotes of what he said. But he's like he's in the Braves locker room. Like right now, he's not in the lineup for tonight's game against the Astros. Um, but I, it, it, it just seems like it is definitely... It's probably it's way past time to cut your losses and DFA this guy, but... I, I, this has just got to be the straw that breaks the camel's back. It is bad news overall. Ozuna making another huge off-the-field mistake and something that's just very bad, bad thing to do. <clears throat> God, I got to stop having these voice cracks. Anyway, it's, um yeah, just another another mishap. I mean, I'd, I've never seen a contract go so sour. Like, uh, I mean, I remember when the Braves signed Marcel um, uh, after the 2020 season. I was stoked that they got him back with the deal they did. And he is just, he's been terrible on the field and terrible off the field. And um, yeah, it's a, uh, apparently he tried to pull like a, the celebrity card, like, you know who I am, like you can't do that. And he got arrested anyway, which makes it just kind of worse. Makes him just seem even like a batter of a guy, honestly, even though it's, it's just really exhausting to talk about him at this point. And um, you know, just the stuff that he's done, is just really terrible things. And Honestly, I I mean this sincerely. I actually hope he gets help because he's obviously going just down a terrible path with his life in general. 
with the things things that he has done off the field that we even know of. Um, so yeah, if he, uh, I genuinely hope he can get some help and get his life back on track. I, I genuinely mean that. I don't think he's some irredeemable human being at all. He's got plenty of time to turn things around, but the, the trajectory he's going, it's not looking good at all for Marcel. I think, um, I think this is definitely time for the Braves to DFA him. I, I have seen the reports that he's like with with the team in the clubhouse, and that doesn't seem like a great sign that they're gonna DFA him. That he's like speaking to the media and he's like with the team in the clubhouse. Apparently, the Braves were playing um, "Ooh, child, things are gonna get easier" in the clubhouse. And oh my God, I'm just now seeing there's video of him getting arrested. And he's saying, I'm Ozuna from the Braves. I'm just not seeing this video. Oh, my God. I'm not going to watch right now. I'll watch it after. But um, that's that's new to me. I haven't seen that video. I'll have to check that out in a minute. But, um, yeah, it's it's bad. It's it's bad all around. Yeah, all the videos are coming out. Him getting arrested and him speaking to the media. <laughs> this is bad. Anyway, yeah, it's time for the Braves to cut losses. They've already benched him. He's He does nothing good on the baseball field. He hasn't hit all year. He can't play a position. He's just bad overall. And you just kind of got to – it's a sunk cost at this point. Like you have to cut your losses and um, just get rid of the guy because you're going to be paying him either way. You don't need to be paying him to hog a roster spot and making your team worse. You might as well just get it over with and rip the bandit off. I don't think um, – I, do, I don't think they're going to do it, but I, I think they should. So, yeah, um, that's that's about all I got for this episode. Um, a very busy episode, a much busier episode and I would have had if I recorded Monday because a lot of stuff happened after Monday. This Mets series, the Michael Harris extension, and uh, the Ozuna debacle part two. Um, that's what you could call it, I guess. So that'll do it for this episode. If you uh, made it this far listening, I really, really appreciate it. And I will see you in the next one.